Hello beautiful survivors, I'm Karina, the host and creator of this great podcast, Stroke Surviving the Odds. I'm saying great because this show is now number seven worldwide, so it's quite an accomplishment for me in one year. I'm very, very stoked, very happy, but I'm also very happy for you guys because if you're listening to my show, you are a survivor and I applaud you and don't give up. I'm here to give you hope. Intertwined within my story is going to be a lot of uh, how-tos, a lot of hacks, a lot of tips that I've had to use and learn over the years to bring me to the point where I am now. So if I can do it, there's no reason why you can't do it either. So I strongly recommend you go and download my episodes because they're full of valuable information that will definitely help you um, during your own rehabilitation. I'm also very proud to say that this show is now in 28 countries throughout the world in seven continents. So I'm very also proud of that accomplishment. The Facebook group for this podcast is Stroke Surviving the Odds underscore the pod page. And on Instagram, I am SSTO underscore the podcast. Today's episode is really about maximizing your time and staying efficient. Whether you're someone who's staying at home or someone who's trying to balance work life and home life, your time is precious, time is money. So it is very important that you remain efficient. So today I am going to be sharing my personal favorites on how I stay efficient. I would like to hear from you and hear your feedback and how you stay and maximize your time and you juggle everything. On Facebook, my tagline is stroke surviving the odds underscore the pod page. And on Instagram, I am at SSTO underscore the podcast. If you've listened to my other episodes, and I have some that are dedicated purely to organization. So you know it's very important to me. I need that in my life. You see, when my stroke happened, I had no control. It hit my life and the one of my family and surroundings just like a tornado. I was the eye of the tornado and it hit everything around. I had no control. So it's only normal for me that my number one thing, it's allowed me to gain some form of control over my environment, over my life. So my number one is really staying organized. I think that if I had not been, or if I did not learn to be more organized, I would not have been as productive as I have been in the last years, especially since the 20th of March, 1999, when I did have my stroke. Uh, First, I still get overwhelmed, guys. I still get physically bothered by rooms filled with a lot of things. I love going to Costco. And you know when you go in, it's like, ah, 
yeah, it's like paradise. It's like everything is there in front of you, right? And you get to eat all these little munchies along the way. But there's so many things everywhere that sometimes I go there and I, I get so overwhelmed and I get this migraine and my heart starts racing and I have to close my eyes and hide myself in a little corner like a little girl. I physically get bothered by that. Other people's spaces, let's say I go to someone's house, their space is their space. I don't go to people's houses for their their organizational skills and, and whatnot. I go see people for the people I love, right? So it doesn't bother me when I see in other people's spaces that there might be a little bit of clutter or piles of clothing or whatnot. But in my environment, I can't have that. I, I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. You see, I've learned that there is a drawer for everything. But there is not everything in one drawer. This was my favorite phrase that was taught to me and that stuck. There is a drawer, a drawer for everything, but there is not everything in only one drawer. habit even from before the stroke I, ha I always I like to have a console table when you come in there's some sort of a table and I like to have a bowl where I can put my keys now in my apartment right now that is exactly the setup that I have and I assure you that if my keys are not there and I'm looking around the place for my keys or in my jackets it's because I obviously didn't do what I set out to do, what I was supposed to do, and it's my own fault. So I have a little story. You know how I love my stories. So, all right. So my daughter was, um, my Lord, she was just turning one. And uh, for her birthday, she got one of those cars that she can sit on. It's like a little tractor-like, you know? And you can lift the seat and it becomes somewhat of a little storage, like a glove compartment, imagine, okay? So in my first, uh, with my husband, with my, my first husband, uh, we had an event to go to, and we're both of us dolled up, and we, we wanna go, we're, we're like running late, or we're just on time, and we're like frantically looking for the keys, right? And. We're like, well, we put it there this morning when we came back from the errands. We put it on the table, but now they're not there anymore. And we're looking everywhere. And my mom, my mom is babysitting my daughter. And my daughter's going around her little tractor, you know, and she's, <laughs> and she's laughing. And I said, just give me a minute. And I went and I opened that little seat that she had with the storage. Well, maybe 20 minutes later, I found the damn keys inside that storage. And I remember my daughter just cracking up. She didn't know what was going on, except she would see mom and dad going frantically around the house. My point is make sure that that table <laughs> is high enough for the kids not to get the keys. <laughs> And now we are at my number two favorite thing. As stroke survivors, we forget. Sometimes we forget what we even had for breakfast. 
unless we write it down. And that is my second favorite thing. I can't function without writing things down. You see, the faintest of ink is better than the best memory out there. Meaning, write everything down. I love a to-do list. I have a to-do list at work when I come in. I have tasks that I want to do. And I have a little to-do list around the house. Things that I don't want to forget because my memory was affected like probably many of you. So writing has saved me a lot of time trying to remember, saved me a lot of frustration even. Because when you forget things, you're kind of wasting time trying to remember and then you get upset and then you are not being efficient with your time. But if you write everything down, if you have a plan of action, basically writing everything down is allowing yourself to have a plan of action. You have a direction, things you want to do. It makes it a lot more easy and uh, again, a lot more efficient and you're maximizing your time. Like when I do this at work, I try to be the best because I'm a stroke survivor and I have some um, affected areas on on me, like I think I've told you guys before, I have dys uh, dyslexia, but not with words. I have it with numbers. So I know that it's a minus and I work in a field where I need to be uh, very competent with numbers and I am, but I do have a lack at times, especially when I'm tired or I'm overly stressed or whatnot. So I tend to want to compensate by doing something else. That is my coping mechanism. Again, like I say, there's never no right or wrong. This is just my specific way. So by having a to-do list at work, I find that I'm more efficient and I, because I compensate, I want to make sure that I do something that my, I know my boss is going to like or my teammates are going to like. So for me, time is money and I want to try to do as much as I can when I'm at work. So writing everything down allows me to do that. The same thing when uh, I'm around the house and, um, you know, as, as moms, as women, we wear a lot of hat and, um, I'm, my daughter's older now. My daughter's 25 almost, okay? Um, but I can tell you that for the longest time, uh, if I didn't write things down, if I didn't write the places she had to go to, never mind the parents meeting at school, but places she had to go to or things I needed to bring to her specific events, then I had my own personal events uh, with my husband. Then I had things around the house. I had government papers to fill. I had dentist appointments. You see where I'm going with this? There's And then the dog is sick. <laughs> so so if, if I didn't write, I would be dropping the ball. And I am somewhat of a little perfectionist. And it's a double-sided blade because on one side, it allows me to do things the right way, my personal right way that I think it is. But on the other side, it tends to be a little bit demanding. So it's a two-sided blade. We'll talk about it a little bit after. 
but definitely, definitely write everything down. I'm gonna give you a concrete example of something that I would write down. Uh, let's say I wanted to wash a window. I want to wash a window seal because I don't want to do them all at once because it's very hard and tiring uh, and I want to wash my patio door. I'm going to write down on my list to wash my patio door. Next week I might write, I might write wash the bedroom window. Everything has, um, has to be, for me everything has to be written. I stay very happy, I stay very, uh, I have that sense of accomplishment because I, I did what I set out to do. So for me, it is a very big thing to write things down because I know how great it makes me feel. So I definitely recommend you that. Sometimes the ego gets in the way. Um, tell me if I'm wrong. Sometimes our ego gets in the way and we want to do everything at once. We want to multitask and sometimes we really, really can't. As, stro as a stroke survivor, I had to learn to really concentrate on one specific thing at a time. Now, 24 years down the road, I can do a few things at the same time, right? that that's that's okay but I remember at the beginning again having to do one thing at a time is demanding in its own but you know what doing one thing at a time allows you to really really concentrate concentrate on your posture concentrate on using your hand concentrate on the task at hand and you give a hundred percent at that particular task because when we start multitasking, it's a, you, you know the expression, jack of all trades, master of none? That's basically what it is. When, when we multitask, that's basically it. We can do many things at once, but we can't do one perfectly. There's always going to be a little bit of a lack somewhere. So again, it's a two-sided blade. But being comfortable right from the get-go, get comfortable with doing one thing at a time and do it well. Do it well and get that sense of accomplishment that you did it. Doing one thing at a time doesn't mean that you have to spend a lot of time doing it. But it means the result is going to be maximized. You're going to be much more efficient doing that. It doesn't serve you, me, or anyone else to get upset and frustrated. It doesn't. It only adds fuel to the fire. I've also had to get comfortable asking questions, asking for help. The ego often gets in the way because I would say, no, no, I can do it, I can do it. But the reality is, I can't do it right away. I'm talking about back then. Now there's nothing I can't do, right? I'm always going to be trying my best to do it alone before asking. But back then, a few months after... I returned at home, it was only normal to ask for questions. I know how to do this, but I don't remember how to do this. I still go about 
asking these questions and when I'm at work. Guys, I'm drawing a blank right now. I know I know how to do this, but I don't remember how. It's okay. It's supposed to happen like that. That's when you have a stroke, when we have a stroke, we have cognitive problems. There's something in our brain that just the, the wiring for that particular little task, we need assistance and it's okay. Which leads me to my last point, serenity now. Stay calm. I know that I've talked about being frustrated throughout the whole time, but you know what? Staying calm benefits all of us is the complete opposite of being frustrated. When you stay calm, you can think straight. I, I remember being a little impatient, never mind, I'll do it. Or, oh, I'll figure something else out. I'm not going to do this this way. I'll do something else. That is not staying calm. I was definitely not calm. I was definitely not aligned, but I was a normal stroke survivor. That is what happens. Again, now, 24 years down the road, I can say, okay, let's do this. Let's calm down, Karina. You're going to figure this out. I do have to talk to myself and remind me that it's okay and serenity now. <laughs> okay? But nothing good comes out of being frantic, frustrated, pissed off, impatient. Nothing good comes out of it. I guarantee you this. After having had gone through the life that I've gone through in the last 20 years, a divorce, two marriages, um, going back to work, leaving work, starting my own practice, I've had to tell myself time and time again, stay calm, Karina. Calm the freak down. Sometimes we need to do that to ourselves. Say that to ourselves. So as you can see, there's a lot of good that came out of this crappy ordeal. I'm the first one to say that it was crappy, but now it is actually very good. There is a lot of inner growth that happened throughout these 24 years for me. But first, I had to acknowledge, accept, and take action. Take conducive actions that would help me be the person that I am, the person I wanted to be. So I hope that my words and my stories are giving you a little bit of hope that in 24 years from now, you're going to look back at this and you're going to say thank you. Right now, you probably think I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, you're going to say thank you. And that will be totally okay. Remember that if you resist, it's going to persist. Whatever you resist is going to persist. If you resist healing, the pain is going to keep going on and it's going to persist. On Facebook, you can reach me at 
um, stroke surviving the odds underscore the pod page and on instagram i am at ssto underscore the podcast you have been listening to stroke surviving the odds with me karina i love you very very much and i will talk to you soon